Module 3. How do I protect myself? Subject 1. What do we do? Key questions answered. What is fractional reserve banking? What are bank bail-in laws? What can we do to protect ourselves? Nice job on making it through Module 2. Not only have we developed a solid understanding of the evolution of money and the key events which led us to where we are today, but we have also dug deep into the effects of inflation and debt. If we've managed to achieve our goals set out in the introduction, it should be clear by now that storing long-term savings in cash is a way to destroy our purchasing power. However, before diving into some of the ways we can protect ourselves, we felt it was important to highlight two other ways holding cash undermines our efforts in wealth creation. Number one, fractional reserve banking, and number two, bank bail-in laws. Fractional reserve banking. Our current financial system and money are built on debt. To peel back another layer of what that means, we will introduce a concept called fractional reserve banking. Put simply, fractional reserve banking is credit creation. While most believe the central banks and the treasury create most of the money around us, this is not the case. Through our fractional reserve banking system, banks create most of our money by multiplying the money added to the system by the central banks or the treasury. How is this possible? Banks can lend out the deposits they hold on behalf of their depositors, provided they keep a fraction of this deposit in reserves. Let's use an example. While walking home, John finds a $100 bill on the street. He contemplates taking his wife out for a lavish dinner, but decides to deposit the $100 into his bank instead. John is tight. Don't be like John. Through fractional reserve banking, regulators say this bank can work off a 10% fractional reserve. Other countries may vary, otherwise known as the money multiplier. The bank, under this guideline, must keep $10 of John's $100 deposit, but they can lend out the remaining $90. The bank, therefore, takes this money and makes a loan to Paul for $90. Paul buys some drumsticks from Ringo for $90. Ringo returns to the bank and deposits that $90. The bank must keep $9, but then can lend out $81. And then on and on this goes. Using this simple example of a 10% fractional reserve requirement, John's initial $100 deposit can turn into nearly $1,000 worth of credit in the system. So what's the problem here? When there is fragility in the economy, everyone panics, rushing to the banks and ATMs to withdraw their money. The issue is that most of everyone's money is in credit created through this fractional reserve system. There isn't enough physical cash to go around, so a bank run ensues. Bank runs are a banker's worst nightmare, as they can cause the total systemic collapse of the banking system. This is because there are more claims to physical cash than physical cash in circulation. The figure within the coursework illustrates the expansion of $100 depending on the reserve requirements and steps through various examples from 10% up to 50%. Bank bail-in laws. Bank bail-in laws have been introduced in various governmental jurisdictions around the world as an outcome of the events that unfolded during the great financial crisis. Rather than taxpayers bailing out the large financial institutions deemed too big to fail, banks have been given the power 
to bail in the capital of creditors, and that can include depositors. To put it in simple terms, if a bank is in financial trouble, they may possess the right to keep or bail in our savings deposits and issue us a share in this otherwise failing institution. With this in mind, under a normal functioning system, one would expect to be rewarded handsomely for the risk we are exposed to while storing our cash in the bank. However, as we have highlighted throughout this course, due to interest rate suppression and inflation, we are barely rewarded for the risk we are taking, but face a high probability of a decline in purchasing power. Instead of risk-free return, we are given return-free risk, or in the words of the famous billionaire hedge fund manager Ray Dalio, cash is trash. So how can we protect ourselves? If cash is trash, we must find somewhere else to store and build our wealth. But what are our options? For the remainder of this module, we are going to take a step back from breaking down our financial system and instead look at some of the viable options available to us when it comes to protecting and building wealth in this uncertain environment. Before delving into our options, we wanted to point out that this list is not all inclusive. We could write a book on the various options available to us. However, that is not the goal of this course. Instead, the goal is to raise awareness of some of the challenges we may face moving forward and introduce our options as to what assets may help weather the storm better than others. Moving forward, we will focus on the four most popular options, equities, real estate, bonds, and gold, with the addition of Bitcoin due to its unique characteristics, all of which have been used to protect purchasing power at some point or another in time. But we look at them through the lens of how they are relevant to our current economic backdrop. Thank you.